good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen, and this program is for the Lutheran who believes but has questions. You know, just for someone like me, there's a lot I don't understand. And I find that sometimes just having a casual front porch discussion with a pastor is the best way to understanding. And that's what this program is all about. I've got my questions, and I'm sure you've got yours as well. You can call in with your questions if you're in the St. Louis area at area code 314-821-0850. Now, that includes the uh, Metro East area or anywhere North America toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. My guest pastor today is Pastor Mark Preuss from Laramie, Wyoming. Welcome aboard, Pastor. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Well, tell me, is it a little bit too chilly out in Laramie to be on a front porch? Yeah, it's been pretty cold. It's been getting down into the single digits at night and below zero, but that's good for my ice rink in the backyard. <laughs> oh, we've been all over the place here in uh, St. Louis. You know, the, the, the old joke in Missouri, if you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes, it'll change. Yeah. Oh, boy, we've I've had everything from six-inch snowfalls to ice storms to 60-degree weather. Wow. <sighs> I'm ready for spring. Man. Yeah, that's kind of emotionally turbulent, you know? It is. It is. You know, the sky is usually overcast once in a while it comes, comes through. But, you know, like, that gets depressing after a while when you can't see anything. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of depressing and what have you, <laughs> have you been seeing the news lately? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a song that was popular when I was a, a teenager and one of the lines said, looked at the paper, there was more bad news. And so I've been, I, I kind of, you know, I listen to the radio and, and occasionally see things online, but I'm trying to take C.S. Lewis's approach, where he didn't read the newspaper. <laughs> and people, people asked him why. He said, well, if something happens, something important happens, somebody will tell me. <laughs> it well, really boosts your mood up a little bit, you know? Well, I'm a little bit older than you, but there's a... There was a song I remember from my youth during that era from a group called Buffalo Springfield called mm -hmm. For What It's Worth. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah. there's a wonderful line in there. It says, so, what a field day for the heat. A thousand people in the street singing songs and carrying signs mostly say hooray for our side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's yeah. what we're seeing now. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if uh, social media is contributing to this or... If it's always been there, you know, going back to Cain and Abel, but there seems to me now to be a, a real, I'm not going to say undercurrent because it's becoming, it's becoming more and more visible, and honest to God, hatred out there from a, a normal people who should be normal people. I mean, I was just reading where we've got a, a Coast Guard lieutenant who had this crazy idea of assassinating all the democratic uh, lawmakers and he wanted to establish a white homeland and now we're hearing about all these fake hate crimes like uh, with jesse smollett and the rise of anti-semitism i mean I, you see it especially in college campuses where it's it's running rampant and then i look at groups like um I'm going to name the Southern Poverty Law Center. While, of course, they do list something like the Ku Klux Klan or Nation of Islam as being a hate group, then they'll turn around to groups that simply support traditional marriage, like um, Alliance Defending Freedom or Focus on the Family, and uh, or Family Research Center, excuse me, and list them as hate groups. 
Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on? Well, I mean, I think it's been this way since uh, the fall into sin. The first two human being, the first human being born um, of a woman was a murderer and hated his brother. And um, but I think that uh, you we got to look at what hatred is. Um, hatred in itself is not evil, <clears throat> and that's what we need to lay out right at the beginning. Okay, let's unpack that, because that that takes me a little bit by surprise. Yeah, okay, well, um, God hates evil. Okay. So, God justly and rightly hates evil. And, in fact, he says in the psalm, you who love the Lord hate evil. And he says, or Solomon says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So you have, you have, right there, we see that there is a place for hatred. Um, and that, you know, the only reason hatred exists, too, is because of evil. Uh, not necessarily that hatred is evil, but if there weren't evil, then there wouldn't be anything to hate. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, so, so just simply saying, you know, hatred is bad, and no hate stop the hate, um, we'll stop hating what? You know, like what, what should we, should we not hate murder? Should we not hate, uh, um, you know, horrible things that happen? You know, and this is, this is, uh, it's something that we just need to reckon with. It's kind of like, you know, this is what the relativists have been doing for a long time. You know, the moral relativists who say that there is no, um, certain truth, no overarching moral reality, but that we just kind of pick and choose and what we want, um, and, uh, and it changes over time. And you, you remember this, and um, going back three decades, is we, we have to have tolerance. In the 90s, it became really popular. You've got to be tolerant, tolerant. And then we found out that the, they, were, they wanted to be tolerant of everything except for us not tolerating certain things. So then they were intolerant, you know? So it, it, there's, no, there's no such thing. Like if somebody says, stop the hate, you might want to ask him, well, do you hate hatred? You know, <laughs> I mean, what, what exactly, what exactly, it, it's not just simply the emotion that is wrong. It's, it's why someone is hating and what someone is hating. And oh. that's, that's the issue. Okay, well, that, that's, okay, we can understand, you know, we hate the unrighteous, we hate the sinful, we hate the evil. Mm-hmm. But why hate somebody for the way they think or they believe or the way that they live? Well, um... Again, I mean, you know, if you look at Psalm 5, you know, oh, uh, Well, for example, you know, we're, we're Christians, and as Christians, for example, we, we would disapprove of the concept, we do disapprove of the concept of same-sex marriage. That doesn't mean right. that we hate these people, although they claim that we do. Yeah, well, there certainly are those who hate people. I mean, um, I lived in Topeka, Kansas for a couple of years, and, or in, in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'd go to church in Topeka, and it was a good nice conservative Lutheran church, and these um, Westboro Baptist people would, would pick it, and, uh, and they would say, God hates um, homosexuals, you know, and God hates this and God hates that. And, um, and, they, 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 and so they would take that as, a, uh, as an excuse to show hatred. And you've got to be careful, because in the Bible it talks about, like in Psalm 5, it says that God... You are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The 
boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. And, um, and so th- there is this, this paradox that we find in the Bible that it, people find it you know, it's impossible to resolve apart from Christ and his crucifixion, but that God hates sinners and he loves sinners. And his love uh, overcomes his reaction against sin. And only God can separate the sin from the sinner. Only, and he does it in Christ, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, sin should be hated, but how do we separate the sin from the sinner? You know, it's, it's only God can do that, and he does it with the gospel. Um, as far as hating people, I, God says, love your neighbor as yourself. We should love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. And uh, so that with the homosexual, we love them. Loving them doesn't mean telling them to continue to do what harms them and other people, um, but, it, you know, they take that as hatred. And I think a lot of this is just people have the morality of, like, two- and three-year-olds. Is that the morality of a two- or three-year-old is very simple. I want to do that. You're stopping me from doing what I want to do. Therefore, you're bad, you know? Or you oppose what I want to do. Therefore, you're bad. Therefore, you hate me. It's like the teenager whose, whose mom or dad says you can't go out. And uh, tonight you have to clean your room or you have to study. And then the teenager says, why do you hate me? You know, and it's obviously they're <laughs> not showing hatred. You know, what, what exactly is hatred? And uh, it's, it's, it's bearing ill will. It's wishing harm, to, uh, wishing harm to another person. So when God, for example, wants or hates sin, the reason he hates sin is because he wants to eradicate it. He wants to get rid of it because it harms people. And, uh, yeah, well, maybe you can kind of... Um, I haven't been exactly clear, but we should love our neighbor. We should love our neighbor. Um, and what do you do, though? Like, if something, we talked about this last time I was on, when somebody does something really, really horrible, and you hate the thing that was done, but how do you separate that from the person who did it, you know? And I think only God can do that, the forgiveness of sins. Only God can do that in Christ. Without him, it's just going to be people hating each other. And this is a description of um, the Bible. The Bible talks about this in, oh man, what is it? In Ephesians, I think, um, where it says, you were once Gentiles, uh, being hated and hating, being hated and hating each other. Um, and uh, you know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I'm skirting it. I'm skirting it. So, so continue. Okay, it's, it's in Titus. Ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, uh, being hated and hating one another. And that's a description of our natural condition, being hated and hating one another. That is, we lack love. And so this is, in a sense, the natural state of man after the fall is hatred. And I think the birth of Cain and his hatred for his brother shows that. It illustrates that this is bound up in each and every one of us, this, this, this hatred that is not justified, but consists in a lack of love for God and a lack of love for our neighbor. Okay. And how that... Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, where you're saying that, we, that only God can separate sin from the sinner. Yeah. I'm I, I, looking again at, uh, at the gay population. Mm-hmm. They are sinners, so are we. Yeah. But... but I can't hate someone for that. I, I can hate the sin, but no, I don't hate them. 
I mean, I agree. I agree. How are you able to do that? Well, because I recognize sin. Yeah, and you recognize the forgiveness of sin. That's yep. what I meant. Yeah, and, so, yeah. and, and, and yeah. the only God can separate it doesn't mean that we. That means that we can only do that when God, when God Himself does, because we know that God Himself does. Well, so that... we believe in a reality that Christ actually died for the sin of the world. He actually died for every sin that should be hated, and so He separates it. And when we separate the sin from the sinner, it is we are simply confessing what God does. And that's, that's, I think that's why, that, that was my point. That's going to be very difficult to do. I, again, I, I yeah. you know, I, I live in a neighborhood uh, that is largely Jewish. Uh, they're good neighbors, you know, I wave to each other, the whole thing, but they don't accept Christ. Mm-hmm. I can't hate them for that. I, I can wish that they would convert. Uh, I can yeah. I can live my life as a witness to God and hope that they notice it and start asking questions about Jesus. But uh, even though they 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 are rejecting the Son of God, I can't bring myself to hate. Yeah, I mean, people. I guess the, the question is: is yeah, we shouldn't hate people, um, and God loves them, and uh, and that's why you love them. I think that the natural state, like, let's take it, taking it away from, you know, particular groups, um, which can get a little bit hairy, you know, um, just looking at, like, imagine if you're in a peaceful community, right? And, and then all of a sudden, there's no electricity, and there's no clean water, and food is very scarce. How the peace, will the peaceful neighborhood be peaceful anymore? That's an interesting question, and, and to an extent, I even might be able to answer that. Uh, I, I back in 1979, I was living in a town called Mobile, Alabama, and we took a direct hit from a hurricane, and we had no food, we had no power, we had no water, we had no law enforcement, and it. I guess it depended upon the community where you were. I mean, I, I remember walking downtown. Uh, I was a reporter for a radio station down there. And I remember walking downtown, and in one block there'd be a riot. The next block there'd be store owners sitting out in front of their stores holding rifles and shotguns, just as peaceful as could be. Uh, I lived in an apartment complex, and when I got back, uh, all the power was gone, but all the people were out there barbecuing and sharing wine and making a party out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the question. Even in that case, they still had things. You know, like it, it depends on what your comfort is. When, it, when you have to, when you have to make a decision between you or another person, you know what. What decision do people make? Oh, now that and, I get, because we did hit a point where um, you know, the, the big problem we had down there was no drinking water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, the water the water supply was where it wasn't cut off; it was contaminated, and it was it was a chemical contamination, so you couldn't cure it by boiling. And uh, one of my reporters, for example, was uh, oh, she was mugged for a cheese sandwich. She was, she was walking down the street. She had a, she'd gotten a cheese sandwich from, I don't know, Red Cross or Salvation Army. She's walking down the street. And this guy comes up and mugs her for the cheese sandwich. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, we want to, I mean, I guess we're getting into kind of like an, a discussion about altruism. But my, my point is, is um, 
that we we think we don't hate people when things are comfortable. Um, it's it's when 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 we don't have anything to fear from anybody. When we're all living our lives for ourselves and nobody's getting in our way. But I mean, anybody who has experienced road rage realizes how quickly that peace can be simply taken away. And Luther talks about this in his large catechism on the first commandment where he says people imagine, or actually it's, it's, it's Melanchthon and the apology, and he's talking about sin, and he says people imagine that they love God until God takes from them their money or their health or their good name, and then they get mad at God. And then you realize what their God really was. They should read the and book you, of Job. Yeah, right, right. And then you, you, you uh, yeah, very good book to read for that. Well, it's the same thing with, you know, with, with other people. People imagine that they love everybody, but then when you take, when you put them in a certain situation, it reveals their, their hatred. So everybody, you know, like in the country, why are people showing hatred to different groups? Because they think those groups are showing hatred to them. It's just basic eye for an eye, Lex Talionis, you know, um, responding to hatred with hatred. And to this, God tells us very clearly, do not be overcome by evil, overcome evil by doing good. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's what we're called to do. As far as how we can change that in our country, I, you know, the only thing I, I've kind of given up on saving the culture, I think that we should start, you know, cultivating uh, love in, in the household of the church and so that it shines and that people see it, that it's different than the world. And, uh, um, but I know especially people who are older, in the boomer and, and um, Gray's generation, they lament the loss of a culture where people treated each other with respect and there was better dialogue, etc. cetera. Uh, but two things to say to that. One is, um, that's not going to come back. It's not going to come back. The rifts are, are too deep. And, and in fact, you've got to question whether it was there the whole time. You know, what was hiding underneath it the whole time? Um, and we, we have relied upon the culture to teach morality to our children and even to our churches, and that that time is over. The second thing is that look at the early days of our country. They were fighting. I mean, they, were, they got into huge fights. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams hated each other's guts, and they finally, they were friends, and they hated each other's guts, and they finally reconciled near the end. But you had guys, you know, like the reason why people like Daniel Webster and other you know, Henry Clay were so were so uh, loved and prized was because there was so much fighting and vitriol going on that these men actually kept some calm, you know, and uh, and and preserved the union even though there were these issues, you know, and uh, and that's what we need. We need we need um, upright men and women living a, a godly life who desire peace without compromising the truth, you know. So and that's that's a hard thing to find these days. I, I it's just a very hard thing to find. What would you do? I don't know if this has happened to you or not, but have you ever had a, a parishioner come up to you and confess that they have hatred in their heart for another individual? And if so, how would you how do you counsel them? Well, I can't reveal anything in, in that has been confessed to me. Um but I can tell you what um you know, if somebody has hatred in his heart, um, you, there are two ways to approach it. If the person is a Christian, then um, you appeal to God, God's love. 
and you show that this is contrary to the love that God has for the person who has hate in his heart, contrary to the love that God has for the person whom that uh, whom He hates. And and uh, but if, and you can you can try to teach that, but even then, sometimes people get they need to hear the law. Whoever the, God says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And and God says, uh, who, 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 how, whoever um, does not love his neighbor whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And so this this really is a serious a serious sin to hold hatred in your heart against someone um, when. Uh, uh, for something you know that he has done against you. Um, now there there is a there, there is like for example have, have you ever read um, uh, the Psalm? I'm trying to remember. I think it's Psalm uh, 26 or um, oh man, I don't remember. It's 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 uh, it says, uh, I, "Do I not hate those who hate me? I hate them with perfect hatred." And uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. So it's the one that says, The Lord, you have searched me and known me. Um, and but I can't flee from your spirit. Uh, you're everywhere. And you form my inward parts. And then he says, you're, you're, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. And then he says this. Verse 19, Psalm 139. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And this is it's, its kind of, so it's, what? How do we deal with this? You know, what does this mean? Some people say, well, that's the Old Testament, or some people say, well, that was the inspired psalmist, and so, but we shouldn't imitate him. And I understand that. Um, you can't just go and apply this to anybody. But there is a certain. This is the law, Kip. The law says that the wicked need to be no more. The reason we have misery, the reason we have this, all this, this. Uh, uh, grief in this world is because of our own sin, and 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 it is not wrong for, for example, if somebody's kid is killed by a murderer, it is it is not wrong for the parents to say, um, to, to 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 want the government to put that person to death. It's, that's not a, a hatred that denies love. That's a hatred. That's a hatred that um, that God shows in the proper authority that He has put. In the government, and and you know, making the out bitterly holding the grudge without knowing that God forgives the person despite this punishment—that's wrong. But you, we can't we can't quite get away from this that we do want sin eradicated, and sin isn't just floating around in the breeze. Sin is in people, you know, and and that's the problem. The question is: is whom do we trust to deal with? The wicked. Whom do we trust to deal with what should be hated, namely sin and evil? And that is, we have to trust in God. And we have to trust in the authorities that He has placed over us. Um, and so that's that's you know that's that's where, like for example, if, 
Um, that's why it says whoever hates his brother is a murderer. You know, you don't know that no murderer has eternal life in him. And if, if, if someone strikes you in the cheek, you turn the other cheek. But God doesn't tell the government that bears the sword to turn the other cheek. God tells the government to use the sword. Whosoever sheds man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. And that's, that's the question, you know, is what are the proper outlets of, of hatred, God's hatred against evil? And we can't take judgment. We cannot be the judges of evil unless God, that is, we can't execute judgment on evil unless God himself, um, unless God himself puts us in that position. Well, let's hold that thought, because I've got a couple of points that I want to bring up uh, after the bottom of the hour here. Uh, you give me some foods for thought, and I've got a couple of specifics I want to bring up to you, and we'll see where it goes for that point. This is an interesting discussion. friends for who they are or do we use them for what they can do for us jesus performed miracles that pointed to who he is but he didn't want his followers to become focused only on the stuff he could give them hear dr michael ziegler's message not by bread alone this week on the lutheran hour sundays at 12 30 and 5 p.m on worldwide kfuo As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11. Begin and conclude your day with the word that accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Morning prayer at 7 a.m. and evening prayer at 5 p.m. Weekdays on KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. The broadcasts of morning prayer and evening prayer are underwritten by Lutherans for Life. on Sunday mornings, Worldwide KFUO has been broadcasting live worship services for those unable to attend worship or for those who enjoy hearing God's Word. This Sunday, our 8 a.m. worship comes from Peace Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Dennis Cassins. Our 1045 worship comes from Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Kevin Golden. Join us on Sunday mornings on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Harriet Tubman was taught Bible stories by her mother, an enslaved woman. Harriet escaped the cruel environment in 1849 and set about helping dozens of slaves to safety via the Underground Railroad. She set so many captives free, she rightly earned the biblical nickname, Moses. The desire for freedom among enslaved people in pre-Civil War America made the story of the Israelites' deliverance from Egyptian slavery found in the book of Exodus very compelling. 
Popular spirituals like Go Down Moses expressed Moses' hope that Pharaoh would let my people go. Harriet Tubman even used Go Down Moses to announce her presence during rescue missions. Engage with the Bible and its impact throughout history. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen, and the pastor today is Pastor Mark Price from Laramie, Wyoming. We're talking about hate. If you got some thoughts on it, give us a call. Area code 314-821-0850 in St. Louis or Metro East. Anywhere else in North America, toll-free, 1-800-730-2727. Or you can email us at letstalk at kfuo.org. Pastor Price, I'm going, I'm going to bring up something that actually, uh, this was a discussion I had about a year ago with a, uh, with a Lutheran ethicist. And the question I had was, when can the Christian use deadly force? Can you use it to protect yourself? And he's told me, no, you can only use it to protect your neighbor. Um, you can't. You, you, you shouldn't take private uh, revenge. Um, and, you know, there's some people who say that you can't defend yourself at all in any case. But let's look at, I'm a father, right? I have nine children and a wife. If somebody breaks into my house and he's attacking me and not my wife and children, if I don't defend myself then my wife and children are going to be harmed. Do you see what I mean? I do. Um... So, so, and it's the same thing with, um, with a country, right? So you, there, there is, the question is, is whether you have the authority to defend uh, who you are defending and why. So even if I, now let's take, the, let's take a different circumstance. Say I'm walking down the street and my, my kids and wife are like two miles away and not in danger, any danger from this guy. Uh, and he goes, he tries to kill me. Should I resist him from killing me? Uh, yes. Jesus doesn't say, anyone who stabs you in the, back, in, in the back, turn to him your heart. He doesn't say that. Um, it's, it's, the, the matter is, is a matter of, you know, this kind of harm, this slapping you on the face, this... this uh, um, you shouldn't take personal vengeance. That's the point. But if I didn't defend myself when I'm walking alone on the street, I, my, my children and my, my wife would be severely harmed by this man. So I'm not merely defending myself, but I'm defending the people around me. Well, like, I would uh, carry it, I'd carry it one step further on that. Even if I, I'm married, but even if I was single, uh, without anyone depending upon me, my life isn't my own. It belongs to God. And if I can't defend what is God's, what use am I? Yeah, well, that's that's a very good point. I, I had that in my mind to say, and I forgot. And so you, that's, yeah, it's it's part of defending what God has created. Um, God's forbidding personal vengeance. You know, if somebody slaps you in the face, you get angry and slap it back. You know, that's, that's, that's wrong, because you're, you're, you have no right to judge your neighbor. You know, you should take the abuse. But when you're defending your, your, your life, which um, is God created to love your neighbor, 
then that's not that's not wrong. Um, you know, like there, there's a difference. Like if you look at when David is fleeing from Jerusalem and Absalom is coming to go kill him, right, or to to to, to become king, um, and he's walking out, crosses the the, the brook Kidron, and and Shimei, who uh, is this, he's this guy from the house of Saul, is throwing dust at him and insulting him, saying, "God cursed you. This is because of what you did to the, the house of Saul," which is just a lie, because David never killed Saul, and and had mercy on them. Um, but she takes it, and one of the guys says, let me go and and cut this dog's head off, because he can't speak that way to the king. And, and David said, no, no, God, you know, if, if it's God's will, then it's God's will, and she can take vengeance later. And this is the king who had the authority, and he still, when it was a personal issue, he let it she, she let him go after him, and he did not hold hatred in his heart against uh, Shimei. Um, but, you know, when he became an enemy of the king later, his son Solomon did execute him. Um, but, but that's, but do you see the difference? Like, it's, it's when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, people take this, I don't understand, like these pacifists today, they, they take this easy way out, and they say, hey, um, it's not my job, or, or no violence at all, no violence, no fighting at all. God will protect us. I remember talking to this uh, this Mennonite in Ohio once, and I asked him what happened. What would happen if somebody broke in and tried to violate your wife? He said, "I would pray." I'd be like, "That's that's a wicked thing to do." You know, in that moment, he needs to hate evil, and he needs to, and, and, and that hatred of evil is precisely love for his neighbor, and so he should use force. Stop that man from 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 doing something to his wife, you know, and 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 that's that's where one of the one of the elements of just war is. It's you're defending someone, you know, you're defending an innocent party, um, and and what is behind that tip? What is behind the defense of an innocent party? It's hatred of evil. That's what it is. So the question is, is what is evil? What should we hate? It's not. Let's get rid of hate. Even the people who say no hate, you know, like we have these things in Laramie, it says no hate in my town. And it's like, that's just not true, you know? (laughs) You mean you don't hate rapists? You don't hate terrorists? Right, right, exactly. You know, like you don't hate this this kind of... And and also that, you know, generally speaking, everybody's got something they hate, you know? So people try to to act as if they don't, um, but, or say, hey, I've, I've... only love in my heart. No, there's no hatred in my heart. And I, it's necessary to say that sometimes because people try to judge your motives. But it's it's just it's not it's not a uh, it's not realistic. Everybody hates something, you know. I mean, do you hate cancer? <laughs> you know, like what? Do you, like do you, we, we're supposed to hate what destroys us. We're supposed to hate what mocks God. You know, it's it's, it's good to hate false doctrine. It's good to hate the teaching that Jesus isn't true God, because that teaching leads people away from the forgiveness of sins and the true love of God, leads them away from Jesus. It's good to hate that. Um, But it doesn't mean, like Jesus told Peter, put your sword in its sheath. Those who take the sword will die by the sword. You know, so the truth, as far as as Christians, as we as Christians are concerned, um, uh, in a a private capacity, we do not use force. we do not use force. We, 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 unless we have the government's authority, uh, we, uh, 
we, we, we only have the power of persuasion and the Word of God, and we take the insult and we bless those who, who curse us and, and, and those who persecute us. So that's where the love of God uh, overwhelms, overwhelms hatred. Um, but in this sinful world, there has to be order where God does show his hatred of sin in very real ways. For example, putting, putting uh, you know, a criminal into prison or something like that. Um, so, and, but even then, like, I mean, there are, different, there are different levels of authority and different ways you should do it. So, you know, if I, um, if I uh, spank my kid for, for hitting his brother... Um, and I give him a swat on the butt, you know, because there's a lot of padding there. I'm not talking about, like, leaving marks or things like that. Um, I'm, I'm doing physical harm and, and giving him pain, but I'm doing it because I love the kid and I hate the evil, you know? That's the reason. So um, you could say, if somebody were to say, you hate your kid, you're showing hatred to your kid because you spanked him, they're missing the point. There is, there is this, this, re, this reaction when you have the authority to evil that is actually, actually manifests love of what is good, love of people. So. Well, well, that I can understand. Uh, but, but I'm going to do a mea culpa here and give you a, another personal example. Uh, I'm going to go back in my life close to 40 years. Uh, I was working... Man, Kip, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 70. I'm 70, I'm afraid. I still can't oh, believe wow. it. I wake up in the morning and say, no, no, this is real. No, <laughs> I'm late for class. I got to get up. <laughs> but but, uh, but I used to work at this uh, one radio station, and uh, I had a co-anchor. We, had, we, we did a, a, a newscast, uh, a long one, actually. It was like a four-hour news block. And to say that we disliked each other was to put too positive a spin on it. It actually, it, it broached hatred. It really did. It, we just could barely stand to be in one another's presence. And uh, just recently, <laughs> I heard about this guy. Uh, he had just uh, retired in another state and had won all sorts of accolades for journalism, journalist excellence. And, you know, I still don't like the guy. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, but the, <laughs> so, so I still look at it that way. And, you know, it's as strongly as I dislike that guy. And it was close to hatred. It may have even been hatred. And I'm sure it was reciprocated. But we did nothing to harm one another physically or professionally, anything like that. Um but it was hatred. It really was. Now, how do I look upon that? Uh, I can't deny that I felt that way. And to a, a God help me, to an extent I still do. Um, <laughs> but how, yeah, do, how it, do I approach it, it, that? Well, you repent. You know, I mean, the, the, it's the, you repent. Every day the old Adam rises up to hate people. He hates God and he hates his neighbor. And then he, he tries to justify it and then calls it love or or explains why he had a reason to do it. And, uh, and uh, so you repent. That's what you do, Kip. You say, this is wrong. I, uh, God, do not let this sin define me. And, and um, there, there's a beautiful, um, like even the, you, there's a beautiful hymn that hasn't been translated, um, but it's, 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 it's 
called Werder Munter. I mean, it has been translated, but we, just, we don't have it in our hymnal. And the German, um, it goes, I'll translate it really quick. It goes, uh, if I have just left you, I, I will, or if I've just fallen from you, I will stand up again because your son reconciled us through his death and, and, and bitter pain. I do not deny my guilt, um, but, the, but your grace and goodness is much greater than the sin I always feel inside me. That is, your grace, this is, you know, where sin increased, grace about it all the more. Your grace is greater than the sin I always feel inside me. And the issue is whether you hate the sin. And here's where this is a very healthy hatred gift. You hate your hatred. You hate your sin. You who love the Lord hate evil. And before you look outside at, you know, the, the homosexual or the Jew or whatever political other person or whatever prejudice you might have, you look first at your own sin. Because any hatred of, of sin of sinners without a hatred of your own sin is sheer hypocrisy. It's pointing out the speck in somebody else's eye while not seeing the log in your own in your own eye. And there's nothing worse, more despicable than than uh, than someone who um, who hates others and justifies himself but doesn't hate and recognize his own sin. So the fact that it bothers you is good. You repent and you turn to God who poured out all of his hatred against sin on his only son, whom he loved, whom he loved from all eternity, and he never stopped loving him even when he let him taste death for us all and punished him for our sin. And that's where we go, and we find we drown our, we drown our hatred in the blood of the cross. So that's, 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 that's the answer. And if it rises up again, you say, but if I still feel it 40 years later, and you go back, you don't grow weary in doing good, and you hate that evil. That's what you do. Every single day, we go and we have to go. And What does Jesus say? Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses it for my sake will find it. And he says, Unless you, whoever, want, whoever would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Every single day, that cross is there, too. And, and, and you repent of the sin and then find that sin removed in Christ and... Uh, and, and that's where Paul says the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's poured into our hearts when we believe the gospel, that our sins are forgiven. That's how we can look and help the, and, and as God separates the sin from the sinner, then we can see that clearly. Not because it's just convenient to us to just be nice to people. Everybody knows that. But because we truly do love our neighbor. I, I think that, one yeah. of the beauties of being a Lutheran uh, is to recognize the depth of our own sin. Uh, and I, I've heard of their denominations where they claim that the, oh, well, I haven't sinned in X number of years. You know, oh, yeah, really? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Too bad you blew know, with I, a sin of pride, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was in college. I was in college, and I, I was taking this class, and it was on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it was this one Thursday I was talking to this guy. He was, he was part of this Maranatha group, like one of these perfectionist groups where they think they can not sin. And he starts quoting all these passages and, you know, he was born of God, does not sin, and all these other things. And he just he doesn't understand the, the same time sinner and saint type thing uh, or that the scriptures teach, that we're still sinners, our sins covered. And, and uh, anyway, he, he said, I've sinned for two weeks, he told me. 
And I, I said, and I, I just kind of like laughed. I was like, wow, you know, and I argued with him for a little bit and then class started. Well, then next Tuesday, like the next Tuesday, we just, he used to sit right by me, but he took like this corner spot, like way away from me. So I kind of walked over to him and I was sat down. I was like, hey, he was like, hi. I was like, you sinned, didn't you? He was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that's the start to recognize that. But it, is, it really is amazing to me, as, you know, having grown up Lutheran. But at the same time, it's not. We want, it is our nature to, to <laughs> deny sin, you know? It's just it's what it is. And oh, I know. I mean, I, I'll go up to the communion rail and accept the body and blood of Christ, and I'll know that I'll have sinned by the time I get back to my pew. Yeah, right, right. And that's where it's it's not a matter of um, the Lord's Supper. The Gospel isn't a matter of forgiving just those previous sins. It, it brings you into the grace of God. This is what it uh, says in Romans chapter 5, Therefore, having been justified by grace, we have or by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access uh, unto God, um, by this grace in which we now stand. So we are standing in grace, called the state of grace. And you, you, stay, you stand or stay in this grace when you, um, when you believe in the forgiveness of sins and hate sin, hate your own sin. Um, but if you ever stop fighting against your sin and let it rule over you, well, then you no longer want the forgiveness of sins, you know? So it's a daily thing. That's why baptism is such a precious uh, gift from God, because it, it tells us every day who we are, um, and, and tells us to find our identity not in our sins or our, our pursuit of justice to our own hatred, but in God's uh, justice and righteousness on the cross, uh, where he, he, really, he really did deal with everything that needs to be hated. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and you know, we, we keep this judgment in mind, you know, like when we, one that should calm the Christians down, yeah, get off social media. I really don't think watching the news is so necessary all the time. I mean, unless your job is being a journalist. Um, but God's in control. Judgment Day is coming, you know. And we pray in the, the, the these old, you know, these psalms that I mentioned about, you know, they're com- they commend this judgment to God. Even if you feel hatred against sin, and and see how we have to oppose the wicked, um, the goal is always, and you can read this in the Psalms, the goal is so that they might know themselves to be but men, that they might repent and believe the gospel. That's always the goal of revealing God's judgment and hatred of sin to someone. It isn't just to push them away into the fires of hell. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You know, that's, that's, that's the truth of the matter. And we can trust in God to make, to, to make there's nothing that God can let take can take from us on earth, can let people take from us on earth our dignity, our honor, even our spouse. Take they our wife or life, good same child and wife, so these all let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom ours remaineth. We have everything in him. Um, and and we, we long for the day where in heaven there will be no evil to hate. You know? There that's where that's the only place where there will be really no hatred. Because there won't, we won't even see any. There'll never be something that we say, "Oh, I hate that." You know, um, there won't even be bad tasting things. Like somebody says, "I hate tofu" or "I hate Brussels sprouts." That's not even going to be there. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. I think maybe. Yeah, really. Well, so, I, I, I think there's there's actually a seductiveness to hatred. 
uh, as you pointed out, there is such a thing as righteous hatred. Yeah. And it is we being humans and we having the old Adam there can often uh, look upon wrong hatred as being justified hatred. And I think that's a, a huge danger. Uh, you know, yeah, there, there, it's, it's dangerous. It's a narrow road kit because you can't say that all anger is bad. You know, you just you just simply can't do it. Um, it's it's we're supposed to be. I mean, God is angry with the wicked every day. God, we should be a, a father. Should show anger um, with some with his his sons. That the son knows that God is angry at that. That that that, that is the, that is a good reaction towards that. Even a friend should show anger when his friend betrays him to his friend, not because not not. You know, you shouldn't be angry with your brother. Obviously, that should happen. But even in that circumstance, you should be angry to show a person, hey, look, this is what you did, you know? I mean, there, there is a place for this just to, as a friend in love, to reveal to reveal what's wrong, you know? And so, but on the other hand, you can't take personal vengeance. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Or whoever is angry with his brother is in danger of the judgment. And so it's, it's a very narrow road, and, and, um, and we have to be very careful how we, how we tread. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that, I think that you have to deal with many issues just um, as they come. And a lot of it depends on people examining themselves because we can't see each other's hearts. You know, we can only see what, you know, if somebody says, insults us, we, they, they, they manifest the hatred that's in their heart when they do that. You know, but besides that, we don't, you know, we can't, we can't see people's hearts. Only God can. He, he reveals what is in our hearts with his word. Um, so that's, you know, that's, yeah, it's something to be aware of. It's to try to justify your, your hatred, um, which is a personal hatred, and isn't the hatred that actually uh, is joined to a concern for the person. Um, that is, that is, uh, that's wicked. That's not God's hatred. Even God's hatred is overcome by his love. His, 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 his love overcomes his hatred of sin because his love is for us. Uh, his love is for his creation. So, wow! <laughs> it's it's a it's a as you pointed out, it is a narrow road and it's a rocky one and it's uh, yeah, it's a hard one to walk. It's a yeah. hard one to walk. Uh, the older I get, as as uh, we've just pointed out, <clears throat> mm -hmm. the less I know, and the more I realize what I need. Yeah, it's it's. I, I think about this a lot. God given me this beautiful little brood of children, and um, they—you uh, you enter the kingdom of heaven like a little child, and uh, you just you you learn more and more uh, why Jesus put a little child in the midst of his disciples and said, "This one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven." Um, and and I think one of the you, you can talk about a lot of things with children, with children. There's obviously the humility of a child, the way people don't pay attention to them or don't think they're worth that much. There's also the honesty of a child. You know, a child just simply, it's, it's, you can't hide what he's feeling. A little kid, you know, like a little kid, you generally know whether that kid is happy or sad. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know whether he's mad or is, is, is really wants to help you. Well, I knew of a, of a Christian group. They weren't Lutheran, but they were wonderful Christians uh, back in California where I used to live that worked with the uh, mentally, with the, with the mentally handicapped, with retarded. 
And I went to a, a, a couple of the services to observe. And the faith that these adults with the minds of children had made me humble. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very humbling, and it's a wonderful place to be. You know, I I, I, I don't... You who love the Lord hate evil. Um, and, and, and Paul also says, be... be um, be simple to what is evil and wise to what is good, and um, and we don't. Again, I want to repeat that if if God tells us to hate evil, He also tells us to overcome evil by doing good, and and that's that's that turning the other cheek and we, the personal. It should never be a personal hatred of another person. It is it is those. It is it is it is hating what destroys. Uh, what destroys humanity? It is hating sin. It is it is it is asking God to stop these harmful things, um, and that's what we pray for. You know, that's why we look for the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, this has been a heavy conversation today. <laughs> well, you're the one who chose the topic. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I'm the layman who's got a lot of questions and. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know that hard, you know it's, it's so hard to look at our country and see just the you know and people calling each other hate groups I, I just I think that that's just that's just absurd everybody hates everybody does you know it's like saying you're intolerant well you're intolerant of me being intolerant you know I mean let's just get it's so hard to even get over this basic point you can't even speak rationally with people anymore you know and and mm-hmm. and one of the like what is evil whatever you choose to be evil so I mean, it's just so they have, they have, they have, um, um, they can silence any opposition by calling people haters. I mean, I remember this during the, I remember this during the debates about homosexuality. I I had this one discussion with some people, and I didn't even bring up the Bible. All I said was, well, marriage has been for children, and, you know, and, you know, a man and a man and a woman and a woman can't have children. So that's why marriage, you know, since nature doesn't bless their, their, sexual union with children. That's why marriage has never been between men and men and women and women. That's all I said. I said it in a very nice, calm voice. And and this woman said to me, Why do you hate why do you hate gay people? And I was just like, Well I, I didn't <laughs> you know, like I, I just gave a rational argument and you just called me a hater. You know, without any you know, it's just it was that's what that's what we're facing. And it's just it is it is uh it's very, very hard to deal with and somebody just calls you, um, you know, tries to judge you in that way without actually dealing with the issue. Uh-huh. That's what I think on, on the broader scale of things is happening, you know, in our country and in our culture. I'm afraid you're right, and I'm also afraid we're out of time. The Pastor is in. A weekly chance to chat with the pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.